Well, you done done me and you bet I felt it. I tried to chill you, but you're so hot that I melted. Fell right through the cracks. Now I'm trying to get back. Before the cool done run out, I'll be giving it my bestest. Nothing's gonna stop me but divine intervention. I reckon it's in my turn to win some or learn some. But I won't hesitate no more, no more. It cannot wait. I'm yours. Boom, we're back. <clears throat> Excuse me, welcome back to another episode of A Star is Born. I'm your host, Chris Arneson. Thank you so much for joining me. Before we talk about J-Law, Jennifer Lawrence, um, if you haven't listened to the show yet, go ahead and listen to the first 20 episodes. Uh, I'm an author from Pullman, Washington, sitting here in my apartment, A Star is Born headquarters, second floor coffee house, apartments across the street from Washington State University. I am the author of Sponge Cake, a mostly made-up story about a completely insane town and what's in the fridge, both available on Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble. Check out my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com, and my website, christtheauthor.com, and follow me on Twitter at christtheauthor8 and Instagram, chrisarneson8. And thank you so much for share, share, sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, anyone and everyone. We are building the community of starfishes over here, and I'm super excited about it. An exciting time for the podcast, so can't wait, can't wait to see what happens with it. And I also want to plug one more little fun thing to plug, yoga foam rollers. Um, I've just been uh, throwing out a plug for random things, and I really enjoy my yoga foam roller uh it's just uh if you don't know what it is it's a big stick of foam that you lay on in the center of your back and it just helps uh stretch out your back feels really good anyone out there with any back pain definitely definitely go grab one of those maybe maybe get an amazon or some some sort of athletic store would have it yoga store i don't know um, uh, before we get into J-Law talk, let's do the Mariner update. We do it every episode. So, last night, the Mariners played the Cubs in spring training, and they lost. Ah, oh, God. 9-3. to The Mariners fell. And then we play the... I'm a huge Mariners fan, so that's why I say we. That's my team. That's my... That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. <laughs> that's my that's my professional baseball team. Um, 12, 12.05 today, so we play at noon. Right now, it's 8.56. This is the first morning. It's the mo- first morning episode of A Star is Born. Here, Saturday morning, March 9th, 2019. All right, there's your main update. Let's do the NBA update. So, big rivalry game tonight. Uh, Lakers-Celtics in L.A. Too bad the Lakers are not going to make the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. And now, like, LeBron's going to be controlling his own minutes, apparently. So much drama. 
So much drama with the Lakers. Um, there's things were getting pretty scrappy last night in Portland, the Thunder Trailblazers game. Let's see. Um, yeah, the refs missed Paul George's elbow to the head of Nurkic. All right, there's your NBA update. And then the Cougars, <clears throat> WSU, Wazoo. Uh, we don't play till tomorrow. We host the Oregon State Beavers tomorrow. So we'll have to check on that one. Tamari. Um, let's see. What else do we have to do here? Let's do the Simpsons update. Every episode, we talk about a different Simpsons episode. Somehow related. <clears throat> the state of the episode um, is Kentucky, as y'all can see in the podcast description there so this Simpsons episode is actually related to Kentucky and uh, we chose Kentucky because Jennifer Lawrence is from Louisville so which apparently uh, the Sklar brothers have said they have a big wig district in downtown Louisville like wig stores stores that sell wigs I thought that was super funny super funny um let's see I'd like to go to Louisville, though. My mom and sister went there for uh, my sister's volleyball, I believe. And they went to the Bat, the Louisville Bat Museum. Oh, man. Louisville Slugger. I want to go there. In uh, Churchill Downs, where the Kentucky Derby is. Oh, man. It's so cool. But speaking of horses, this Simpsons episode is called Saddle Sword Galactica. And it is horse-related. Um, it's episode 13, season 11, The Simpsons, February 6, 2000 was the air date. In the episode, um, the Simpson family rescues a diving horse named Duncan from the abuse of his owner and keeps him as a pet. When the cost of keeping Duncan rises, Homer and Bart train him to be a racehorse. Duncan wins several races, and as a result, Homer's threatened threatened with death by a group of jockeys. Oh my gosh, this episode is so funny. That's like the funniest part of the episode. Uh, meanwhile, Lisa is upset over her school unfairly losing the musical band competition at State Fair and writes a letter to U.S. President Bill, Glint- Bill Clinton in protest. Um, shows you when this episode aired... A diving horse. What is... Is this real? It's an attraction that was popular in the mid-1880s. So it hasn't happened for a while. That's good. A horse would dive into a pool of water, sometimes as high as 60 feet. Holy cow. Alright, I gotta shut these blinds. It's a beautiful day out today. No clouds. But it's so bright. That's better. No clouds in the sky, blue skies. Not supposed to be super cold. Too bright though, I was getting some glare here. Alright. I can't believe diving horses is a real thing. I mean, I wonder if they still do that somewhere. I bet I bet that still exists. If you go you could probably find that if you search hard enough. Um let's say. 
I mean, there's bears that ride unicycles. Why couldn't there be horses that dive, <coughs> dive off diving boards? Doesn't seem any less reasonable than a bear riding a unicycle, right? I think so. Uh, so that's your Simpsons episode there. That's a funny episode. Um, click out of that. Let's do the Calypso update. Calypso, David Sedaris's book from 2018. And I have not had the chance to read any of it since yesterday, since last last I spoke to y'all. So, still on page 250 of that one. Only eight pages left, though. Um, let's do another, let's do a couple more regular segments before we dive into Jennifer Lawrence's IMDb credits. Um, if you haven't listened to any of the show yet, any of the other episodes then I should tell you that we look at the star's IMDb page, pretty much. So we pull up their IMDb and look at all their film credits. And it's Jennifer Lawrence to die in Kentucky. All right. Um, let's see, the pin of the episode. I've been telling you guys about a different uh, t-shirt pin or each episode. And this one, um, I got most of them. Back, back in the day when I, <coughs> excuse me, when I played uh, Little League and All-Stars and travel baseball and all that. So this one says Anacortes Little League, and it's a picture of a, like a boat steering wheel. And then there's a baseball bat that goes right through it. And baseball, and the steering wheel is purple. This is a cool one. This is one of the nicer ones. I like how, because it's like unique to the area because Anacortes is it's near the ocean it's near the islands I don't know if it's officially on an island but it might just be on like a peninsula but it's over there it's north um it's up there north of Bothell my hometown Bothell uh let's see another regular segment here let's take care of another regular segment the Maywood cooking the fast way recipe book so I've been reading y'all a couple recipes each episode, so here we go. This one's from Margaret Brunke, uh, who's a FAST member. And FAST is the first aid support team. All right, uh, plain scones. Um, eight ounce self-raising flour, half teaspoon of salt, two ounces of lard or shortening, Enough milk to make a soft dough. And the directions. Mix flour and salt. Rub in lard or shortening. Add milk. Knead, knead lightly on a floured surface and roll out to just over half inch thickness. Cut in desired shapes. Place on greased baking sheet. Bake at 425 degrees for about 10 minutes. And there you go. That's an easy one. So let's do one more, because that was a quick one. Uh, pumpkin muffins. Let's just give uh, Margaret credit for this one, too, because it's right underneath the plain scones one. It doesn't have a name. All right, here's your ingredients. Half, <clears throat> excuse me. Half cup of butter, one and a quarter cups of sugar, two eggs beaten, one cup of canned pumpkin, third cup of milk, one and a half cups of flour, 
two teaspoons of baking powder, a quarter teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of pumpkin pie spice, a half cup of raisins, half cup of chopped pecans. And your directions, cream the butter and sugar, beat at a medium speed, add eggs, stir in pumpkin and milk, combine dry ingredients and add to creamed mixture, stir in raisins and pecans, uh, spoon in greased muffin pans, bake at 375 degrees for 22 to 25 minutes, make and it makes 18 to 24 muffins. There you go. Easy peasy. And I like these ones because my mom makes really good of both of these. She makes great scones and pumpkin muffins. I wonder if she uses the same recipe. But she makes pumpkin muffins that have chocolate chips in them. So maybe you guys can tweak that recipe and add some chocolate chips to it. Jailbreak the recipe. Um, let's let's hop into Jennifer Lawrence's credits. Let's read a couple of them. Okay, here we go. Oh, this was something that surprised me about Jennifer Lawrence, too. I did not know this. So, first of all, she's a billionaire. And second of all, her films have grossed over $5.5 billion. $5.5 billion. I was like, wow. That's crazy. Um, all right. TV show from 2006. Monk. She plays mascot. One episode. I remember Monk. I'm going to click on Monk. Because I don't think I ever watched any of this. But definitely remember seeing like a million commercials for it. 47 minute episodes. Comedy, crime, drama. Adrian Monk is a brilliant San Francisco detective whose obsessive compulsive disorder just happens to get in the way. For some reason, I always thought this guy was like Mr. Bean kind of, but I guess he's <laughs> I guess it has nothing to do with Mr. Bean. What's Mr. Bean's deal? He's kind of does he not talk? No, he talks. I'll look up Mr. Bean after this. Uh Tony Shaloub. Tony Shalhoub plays Monk. Mr. Bain. British sitcom. I used to watch this all the time. I watched it at Brian's house. My buddy Brian's house. Let's see. Um, he's a... Mr. Bean described by Atkinson as a child in a grown man's body. And solves various problems presented by everyday tasks and often causes disruption in the process. The series has been influenced by physical comedy actors such as Jacques Tati and those from early silent films. So it is like a silent film kind of thing. Alright, very good. That's Mr. Bean. You should love Mr. Bean. <clears throat> okay, and that's Monk. She was only in it for one episode. Her very first credit. That's a good first credit, though. For sure. Um, TV movie. We've seen a lot of them. 2006. Company Man. Or Company Town. Uh, Caitlin, she plays. TV series. 2007. Oh, that's another big TV show. Cold Case. Plays Abby Bradford for one episode. 
Not Another High School Show, TV Movie 2007. She plays Frantic Girl, uncredited. Now we know what uncredited means. It means her name did not appear in the beginning or end credits on the movie. I used to get mad about I used to be like confused and get frustrated about it. Why does this say uncredited but it's in her credits? And then we looked it up and now we know why. We solved that problem. Um, let's see. TV series 2007, 2000, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> 2007-2008, Young Allison slash Claire Chase, two episodes in Medium. Uh, 2008, Garden Party, she plays Tiff. Uh, 2008, The Poker House, plays Agnes. Let's see what The Poker House was. A dramatization of Lori Petty's teenage years spent in small town Iowa. Very general. Another one of those general plots. But she stars in it. <clears throat> um, let's see what Garden Party was. April, age 15, is running down one bad situation into another, hoping to find an answer that doesn't involve nudity and falls in with a group of confused kids chasing their dreams. The black widow in the web is the sexy pot-dealing Sally. Sally. Who plays Sally? Um, doesn't even doesn't even say in the credits. Okay. That's fine. Um, oh, the Bing. That's right. She was in the Bill Ingvall show. 31 episodes. Lauren Pearson. TV show 0709. He's, I believe he's part of the um, redneck, was it, blue collar, blue collar comedy crew. Uh, a story revolving around the life of therapist Bill Pearson and his family. I love it when they do the, the fake name and then, but they just use the same first name and then just give them a different last name. Like, he's an actor. You think he's not going to be able to respond to Tom? Come on. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. All right. Never saw that show. Okay, I remember this movie when it came out. Let's put it on pause right there. Let's leave that cliffhanger. Um, I'll tell you all about... Wow. i got a few things I want to tell you, but... I'm going to go ahead and take an early break here and go to the bathroom, and I'll be right back. Hey, y'all. How was your break? Did you get some stuff done? Maybe sort through your mail, put it in a, uh important pile, uh trash pile, and then, like, the medium pile, the in-between one? <laughs> um, Yeah. I obviously did not prepare for this podcast. Didn't treat it like a like an airplane. How you you got to go to the bathroom before you start, you know? Go to the bathroom before you get on the airplane. But that's okay. That's all right. We're here. We made it. So before we get back to J-Law, let me... um. Oh, this is something I can tell you about. I drew this little graph here on my yellow legal pad. And it says... It's titled, 
um, her high-waisted pants. This is something we talked about last episode in the special Chris episode because uh, Chris Pratt is in her, the movie. Um, let's see, it's a, what's it, a bar graph? Not bar graph, a line graph. And on the x-axis is years, 2010, 2020, 2030. And then on the y-axis is pants height. And it says uh, belly button height, at the lowest, and then above belly button, and then just below nipples, just below nips uh, at the highest height. And it goes, it's, it's a linear, it's a linear rise from, um, so 2010, it's at belly button, 2020, it's above belly button, and then 2030, it's just below nips. Because I think that's about when her is supposed to be set. Because it's a near future. It's a near future movie. So, yes, yes. That's, I just want to let you guys know. That's going to be a new regular segment. Um, speaking of new regular segments, here's another one. It's the Venn diagram. So, here I made a Venn diagram about football and football. So, here we go. For football, uh, all players use their hands except the kicker. And for football, all players use their feet except the goalie. Um, For football, they tackle. And for football, they slide tackle. Uh, Let's see, for... What is this? Oh, yes. uh, For football, there's fancy football. And for football, there's fancy fouls. (laughs) Um, for football there's field goals and for football there's goals on the field for football there are helmets and for football there's tiny headbands for football there are injury golf carts and for football there are stretchers with volunteer fans and for football there's halftime with Maroon 5. And for football, there's um, stoppage and tea time. And there you go. Oh, and also for the in-between part, for the part where similar for both of them, um, they both have hooligan fans, like uh, i.e. the black hole in Oakland and uh, Philly, Philadelphia Eagle fans. Throw batteries at Santa Claus, and you use your head for both of them. And except you're not supposed to use your head when you tackle in football, but you definitely use your head in football for headers. And um, jersey swapping, you players trade their jerseys at the end of the games. There you go. That is. My Venn diagram of football versus football. All right. Let's, uh, yeah, something else I want to tell you guys about, a couple other things. Speaking of football, um, I used to play football. I think this was just with my older brother back when he played football. Excuse me. Um, my older brother, Nick, played football for a couple years, I think. But we would just, right when we get our shoulder pads and all our pads, 
we put them on. We were so excited that we'd put them on and go in the backyard and just, like, start, like, tackling each other and, like, running into each other and stuff. Uh, like, throwing our helmets and all that stuff. But that was just, like, a memory that popped up. That was super fun. But now, in retrospect, it probably wasn't good for our heads to get more, even more head trauma, unnecessary head trauma, just messing around in the backyard, but it was fun though, and speaking of backyard sports, I used to do, oh yeah, I always used to throw, um, this probably was annoying for like neighbors and people inside the house, but (laughs) inside my house, but I used to use the side of the house as a tennis ball rebounder, which was kind of like working on like imagining being an infielder fielding grounders just throwing the tennis ball against the side of the house and fielding grounders with my bare hands I used to love doing that um so that was just a thing and and then also using the hit away the hit away swing trainer um it's this weird thing that there's a baseball in the middle and it's attached to like a tree and then when you hit the baseball with your bat, it just kind of like spins around. and But then it like stays attached, obviously. And just kind of spins around in a circle and then comes to a stop. But that's like a super effective way. If anyone's trying to train, uh, improve their swing, that's a definitely a good way to train. Because you can just do it by yourself. Just go set it up somewhere on a tree or something or a post. And just... uh become the next Bryce Harper get get a contract with the Phillies for 13 years um yeah I loved it I wonder if Bryce Harper's like a sponsor of Hidaway I'm sure they have some MLB sponsors um and also oh yes I I always would do this even recently I've done this uh back home in Bothell at my home uh hitting tennis balls in the backyard with a Mariner's wood bat. Just like launching tennis balls, but uh, trying to keep them in the yard though. Because there's like a, probably what, five foot fence on both sides of my yard. And it's about 30, probably 40 feet, 40, 50 feet long, uh, the yard is. So... Just try to, I would just try to hit tennis balls and just hit them off the fence, basically. But then sometimes they go, one way they go over the fence, they go into the street, um, kind of into the coal sack. Um, and then the other way, if you hit over the fence, it goes into my old uh, Budden, Budden Mavis, where they used to live, right next door, into their garden. But um, yeah, like I told you guys, Budden Mavis moved out earlier this year so yeah they moved to a retirement community in Bothell but yeah they had a huge garden in their backyard Uh, used to Bud was always back there both of them both Bud and Mavis so they used to excuse me I used to mow their backyard and um speaking of people in our neighborhood the Vitos uh Mitch Vito one of my best buds growing up. I just want to mention something cool that they had. They had a, a old Volkswagen Bug. And 
what was neat about that car was that it seriously, it had like a hole in the ground of the car. And I just thought that was like, like, I just remember like, you could like see the street when we were driving. <laughs> it was so crazy. But I think it was in the back seat, kind of. Maybe like in the middle, maybe in the middle console. <clears throat> I can't remember. It was a long time ago, but <clears throat> excuse me. I think I need some water. Yeah, that was such like a weird, eso is it esoteric, eccentric car. <clears throat> That's like the kind of car that should be in like a car museum, a Volkswagen museum. Um, oh, speaking of cars though, I was at Les Schwab in January and I just have been telling you guys about my obsession with walking to Starbucks. Now I always, I'm always walking to Starbucks. So yeah, I was at Les Schwab in January. Uh, it's kind of Mill Creek, so it's north of Bothell. Pretty close though, only a few miles. And man, I was there for like a few hours. They had my car forever. But I walked to Starbucks. It took me probably like a half hour to walk there, get my coffee, sat there, did actually was writing my blog. Just from writing my blog, the goat one dot com. Um yeah, that's what I spent most of my time that day doing, just sitting at, because then, like, even, I sat at Starbucks for probably a half hour, took a half hour to get there, sat there a half hour, walked back a half hour, and then I still sat at Les Schwab for, like, two more hours, so, but Les Schwab's not a bad place, I kind of wanted to give them a shout out, because it's actually a pretty nice place to to wait around, like, they know what they're doing, it's kind of like a, it's almost like an airport, like, waiting room, I guess. You know, that's not, that's not what airports have. They have a, you know, like, terminal, a terminal waiting room. You know how airports are good for waiting. That's what, that's what they do, layovers. But, um, yeah, Les Schwab has got figured out. Like, they got popcorn, they got free coffee, free coffee, free popcorn, TV, um, tons of magazines, tons of seating, newspapers, I think they have, like, yeah, just all sorts of stuff, they got, like, lots of outlets, so you can, like, charge your phone, um, you name it, Les Schwab has got it, <laughs> if you want to sponsor a Stars Born Les Schwab, hit me up, <laughs> hit me up on social media, I would love it, I get, I get their tires, I I rock the Les Schwab tires. Rocking the uh winter ones right now. I think actually I think they're actually all season, so um speaking of all season though. No, it's not really speaking of all season, but let's just do something we do every episode here. Another regular segment before we get back to J Law. This is the Grantland segment. So this is the final Grantland segment. Because this is Grantland book number 12 of 12. Bill Simmons's old website for ESPN before he moved on to The Ringer. Um, this is a cool cover. It's just like a bunch of... It's pretty much a bunch of text. Like all capitals text. But then 
if you, you have to hold the book at like the right angle and you'll notice that there's an outline of the, the number 12. Like, but if you just look at it like straight on, you might not, you won't even see the 12. So it's one of those things. It's like that thing that, that you stare at. <clears throat> you, you guys know that thing that it's on the internet. If you stare at like these dots and then you look at the wall, I think you see like, <clears throat> what you see like Jesus Christ or something. You guys know what I'm talking about? Wait, let me look this up. <laughs> I can't just throw that out there and then just, all right, like stare at wall. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> stare at wall. Optical illusion, Jesus illusion. Um, here we go. I'll tell you guys how to do it. To see the Jesus illusion in action, stare at the four dots in the center of the image. <coughs> Excuse me. For approximately 30 seconds, then quickly divert your eyes towards a blank surface, such as a wall or ceiling. You should see the image transferred to that surface. So you guys just have to search, um, stare at wall. Just search a Jesus optical illusion. And you'll, uh, you'll find it. There you go. Let's read the, sorry for that brief diversion right there. Let's read the, um, here we go. This is something that's interesting. Something movie related here. It's by Thomas Goliano Polis. Goliano Polis. It's a character in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. That's definitely a Greek name. Polis. Polos. Okay. Anyway. Billy Bob's Blues. Now that Ron Lester lost the girth that made him famous in movies like Varsity Blues, does he still have a future in Hollywood? We've talked about Varsity Blues. This is one of my favorite football, football movies, that's for sure. No, not as good as, like, Remember the Titans or Friday Night Lights, but it's still a good one. Uh, here we go. Ron Lester has perfected his I am a former fat guy spiel. The actor better known as Billy Bob, the more morbidly obese offensive lineman in the 1999 hit movie Varsity Blues, is wandering the floor of the Dallas-Fort Worth auto show, promoting a movie that might never get made. But he's got his, sh he's got his shtick down pat. His aw shuck smile appears whenever a stranger inev inevitably gushes, you look great. The self-deprecating jokes come easy, and he keeps the business cards that feature before and after photos at the ready. I love fans. They don't blow up my phone, says Lester, who once tipped the scales at 508 pounds. They're respectable, or they don't believe in it's me. Lester, who weighs in at 198 pounds today, is here to pitch Racing Legacy, a faith-based NASCAR drama he wrote to raise to raise awareness and hopefully some funding for the project, he has wrapped his 2001 Chrysler 300M in elaborate vinyl decals, transforming his everyday car into a rolling billboard for the movie. It's totally ridiculous, he says, gazing at the vehicle. Foot traffic inside the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center is slow this afternoon, but Lester, an opportunistic salesman, pounces when he spots a woman photographing his car. Have you seen Varsity Blues? He asks her. She looks perplexed. 
I'm Billy Bob, Lester Blurs, grinning and pointing to the windshield where his royal number 69 jersey from the movie hangs. Oh my God, she says, fanning an open mouth knee buckle. You've changed. A lot has changed, he says. <clears throat> Lester is nearly unrecognizable in his new body. Maybe it's the plastic surgery, but he looks young for 43 years old. Lester had six inches of skin removed from each side of his face after losing the weight. He's undergone 17 surgeries in all to remove excess skin. He wears a black button-down short-sleeved shirt and heavily distressed royal jeans with unsightly white stitching on the seams. Red wing boots add an extra inch or two to his 5'10 frame. Aside from a few specks of gray, he has a privileged head of hair, full on top, tight on the sides, and spiked in front. He reeks of Burberry cologne. You got Paul on there, he says. She says, noticing Paul Walker's face decaled on the rear driver's side door. I'm dedicating the movie to Paul, Lester says of his late Varsity Blues co-star. Are you doing car raps now? No, Lester says, sounding crestfallen. I'm doing a movie. Once she departs, he sits on the front grill of a Jeep to rest his feet. It's a little past two in the afternoon. Only eight more hours of hustling. He sips his soda, then sighs. I need to become more famous. I need, excuse me. I need to become famous for something else. Um, let's read a little bit more here. What happens to a man who loses more than half of himself? Ron Lester has searched for the answer since two, December 2000 when he underwent Roux-N-Y gastric bypass surgery with a duodenal switch. Footnote. More, a more effective but riskier alternative than gastric bypass surgery. A duodenal switch also bypasses the small intestine, resulting in less food absorption. Since he realized in third grade that his massive girth could draw laughs, Lester knew his fate was as the funny fat guy. When he moved to Hollywood, a town where funny fat guys can become millionaires, he was an overnight success. There was one problem, though. His moneymaker was slowly ki killing him. With a family history of heart problems, the 500-pound Lester wasn't long for this world. Surgery saved his life. It also ended his career. A shrinking man with loose skin greeted casting directors expecting the funny fat guy, and Lester struggled to score roles post-op. Now living in Dallas nearly 15 years after his glory days, he is left to ponder whether choosing life was the right decision. Am I alive? Yes. Am I happy? No. Did I throw away my career to be skinny? Yes, he says. I wouldn't do the surgery again. I would much rather have died happy, rich, and kept my status and gone out on top. All right, that's a good place to leave there. Wow. Definitely watch Billy Bob and uh, Varsity Blues. It's a good movie. Um, let's see. Cross that out on the legal pad. Let's uh, Let's skip on back over. Uh, jog on back over to the old IMDb page. Here we go. Winter's Bone, 2010. She plays Re. I remember when this one came out. This was... But I never knew what it was about, though. It was one of those movies. Like, you know about it, but you don't know what it's about. No idea. <clears throat> Here it is, though. It's 100 minutes. Rate R. Drama. Mystery. 
An unflinching Ozark mountain girl hacks through dangerous social terrain as she hunts down her drug-dealing father while trying to keep her family intact. And, um... Wow. Garrett Dillahunt is in it? Oh, he's in, um... Garrett Dillahunt. Oh, he's from Raising Hope. He's the dad from Raising Hope. That's a funny show. A comedy. Old sitcom. He's actually went to... Garrett Dillahunt is a University of Washington alum. Husky. He's a rival. All right. 2010, Like Crazy, she plays Sam. 2011, The Beaver, she plays Nora. This was a weird movie. This was the one with uh, Mel Gibson, Jodie Foster. All right. A troubled husband and executive adopts a beaver hand puppet as his sole means of communication. So he's like a ventriloquist doll for for him. But he won't talk to people face to face anymore. He only talks to him through the beaver puppet. It's like a Potter Puppet Pals came to life. It's like Jeff Dunham's favorite movie. Jeff Dunham. Never never really understood the whole Jeff Dunham craze. I don't know. Were people a fan of ventriloquism before? Or did he... He must be the one who made it popular. I'm sure there's other ones from the past. Uh, Jeff Dunham's just the one everyone knows now, right? Let's see. Now we gotta look up Jeff Dunham. See what he's up to. Jeff... He's probably in Vegas, I would say. Probably... Doing some sort of like, what's it called a residency. Wow, he's a uh, older than my parents. Um, he is about to be fifty-seven. A ventriloquist and comedian from Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Um, has he's been called America's favorite comedian by Slate. I wouldn't, <clears throat> excuse me, that's not like, he's not a traditional stand-up, I want to see him do it without the puppet. If he's going to be America's favorite comedian, he has to do it without the puppet, you know, without any aids, without the aids, because um, that's just, that's too much of a distraction, that's too much of a assistance, like you don't see like, like any other stand-up comic, like Bill Burr doesn't. He just goes up there by himself and talks. He doesn't use a puppet. I think, I think honestly, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to talk trash about Jeff Dunham, but probably like more than half the laughs he gets are based on the, the puppet. And just the idea that it's funny. Like the things he's saying aren't necessarily funny, but it's funny that the puppet would say them. I mean, I guess I'm just explaining, like, ventriloquism right now, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I, he's not like a, he, 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 I'm sure he doesn't claim to be a traditional stand-up comic, though. Like, it doesn't matter either way. Like, I'm, let's see what, let's see, um, career. Oh, he's got some books. It's called Dear Waiter, 
a collection of questions asked of Dunham's fictional curmudgeon um, at live performances. Okay. He apparently has a famous uh, waiter. A waiter puppet. Um, okay. Very good, Jeff Dunham. America's favorite comedian. Uh, let's see. Let's go back to... Here's something I wanted to read a little bit. We haven't just... This is a brand new thing. Introducing to the podcast. This is something I wrote. This is from my personal... This is my personal journal right here. So, um... Let's see if we can find something good to read here. It's mostly just like... Oh, here's some stuff I want to do. This is what I wrote down for my three-year plan. Uh, Live, move to California, publish five more books, um, get paid to write, blog with over one million views, write a TV show, write a movie, travel to ten new states, travel to three new countries, write a book of poetry, write a funny horror movie, Write a B-comedy movie. Write an 80s movie. Write an illustrated postcard book. And I'm, I'm, I was ambitious. That's, this is from like early... Wow, this is from over a year ago, actually. Early 2018. That's like... I would love... I like the postcard book, though. Like, I saw this really cool postcard book at the... That table at... um. Let's see, at third place books. Oh, oh, this is a good one. Yeah, there's this table at third place books that has a bunch of like really quirky, really weird, just basically all those like illustrated books that only have a few words on each page, like some poetry stuff, some like tweet stuff, like Twitter stuff, that kind of, that fun stuff. All right, here we go. Uh, Thankful. Here's some stuff I'm thankful for. Uh, the sunrise and sunset, my family, my dog and kitty, and cat, kitty, <clears throat> mom, coffee, smoothies, basketball and the NBA, uh, going on baseball trips when I was young, uh, dad, uh, the fact that dad coached my sports teams and spent a lot of time with me when I was young, despite the fact that he traveled a lot for work. Um, our home, growing up in Bothell, my comfy bed, movies, sports, competition, meeting new people, my two pairs of new shoes, <laughs> uh, the moment, today, the mall, books, my blog, modern family, TiVo, music, hip-hop, Twitter, my internship, I wrote this during my internship at Covington Parks and Rec. Being able to travel, love, friendship, ping pong, stand-up comedy, podcasts. Hey, fourth wall's right here. Doing that on a podcast. Just say I love podcasts. It's on a podcast, man. Mm, the sun, the moon, water, the beach, Jersey Shore. Oh, we've talked about my obsession with Jersey Shore. Covington, uh, Parks and Rec. Um... WSU, uh, Pullman, my family, uh, Grey, Grey Dog Press, the company that published my books, and then my books, books in general, my words, 
my car, TV, Chase Rana. We've read his uh, basketball and other things. We've read a lot of that. Bill Simmons. Uh, the Grantland guy. The old Grantland guy. Doug Benson. Pete Holmes. A couple of my favorite stand-up comics. Fun socks. Oh, sock update. I'm not wearing any socks right now. Usually not really wearing socks in the morning. Um, fun in general. Summer. Watching Kitty eat. Yeah, we used to have my cat's uh, food bowl used to be in my room. Then we moved it to near the dining room table in the kitchen. We used to always, like, hear her eating in the morning, though. She's a loud eater. And a slow eater, too. She'd always save her food. And then Athena, my, my old dog, she would always just eat all her food in, like, 45 seconds. Just destroy it. Um, trees, fuzzy blankets, smelly soaps, my yoga foam roller, mentioned it at the very beginning of this episode, at the top of the episode, um, I'm thankful for it, colorful pens, post-its, my blog, sports quotient, we've talked about that, I think that website's gone by now, but I mentioned that early on in the podcast, how I used to write for a sports quotient, and how... The editor emailed me and said that the website's going to be going away. Um, <clears throat> another place I used to write for, Daily Evergreen. Uh, the people who read me. My fans. The starfishes, I guess I should say. I didn't write that down. but And then my friends, finally. And there we go. So that was, that was good. That was a good one. Let's see what this one is. Um, oh yeah, I was going to write a Twitter book there for a while. I wanted to write a book of just like using basically just like a collage of my favorite people's tweets, but, oh, this is interesting. These were a bunch of, because I heard that like the first sentence, oh, this I read somewhere or I heard on a podcast somewhere. That the first sentence of a book, if you write down the the first sentence of like successful books, then you'll get in the habit of writing down like a successful first sentence. So you'll do it in your own book. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I wrote down like a ton of first sentences of like famous books. So like, here's one of them. Um, let's see. At first, they were just names to me. That's from The Girl from Ames. This one is short. It's, Here's the house from the bluest eye. Um, a man sits in a room manipulating his kneecaps. That's from Bonk. Um, this one is... Let's see, let's find a... It happened for the first time on a Tuesday afternoon. A warm spring day in the flatlands near Hollywood. A light breeze moving east from the ocean and stirring the black-eyed pansy petals newly planted in our flower boxes. That's from The Particular Sadness of Lemon Cake. Ooh. Another cake-related book. Sponge cake. (laughs) I like all cake-related books. Coffee cake. Or if there's a book called Coffee Cake. Maybe that could be 
That might have to be the sequel to Sponge Cake. Coffee Cake. I'll have to write that down right now. Uh, Coffee Cake. I wonder if I'll remember. I'll just write book. Because then they'll help me. If I just wrote Coffee Cake, I'd be like, what? What is that supposed to mean? (laughs) Like, I'd be like, am I supposed to look up a recipe to Coffee Cake? Alright, here's another one. Um... This is Mr. and Mrs. Fang called it art. That's from the family Fang. Uh, Tom. (laughs) The first sentence is Tom. That's from The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Um, This one is... I don't have to look up to know Mom is making another surprise visit. Silver Lang's playbook. Hey! Jennifer Lawrence. It all comes back around full circle. On the stars born. I love it. That's how we do it. We come full circle by accident. We don't even mean to. Oh, here we go. This is interesting. These are some of my... I used to keep a dream log. Like, just write down. Just right when I woke up in the morning. Try to write down my dreams. Or as much as I could remember of them. So... Here, let me let me try to read one. Try to make sense of one of these. <clears throat> um, Olin said, "Olin was that you, Dub? That's uh, Mitch Vidal's older brother. We just mentioned Mitch earlier. He said you can't throw it that far to a guy throwing a shot put slash missing ball. And then, and then I was lost and I couldn't get out of the athletic batting cages area." And Olin had a left-handed handshake with a random guy in a camera view of walking behind Olin. So this was like an Olin-centric dream, apparently, which is weird because I only see Olin, like, I don't see him very often. Maybe like once a year tops. That's so funny, though, because I do. The funny thing is, I think dreams are all linked to, like, memories or something because... I do have a memory of, like, hanging out with the Vidos for some reason. Or, like, going to visit maybe, like, one of Mitch's older brothers, uh, Ramsey or Olin, at, like, their band practice at UW. Like, that did happen in real life. So I do remember that. <clears throat> just, like, faintly. Just the image of it. So that is fun. I think maybe dreams do have some base on memory or something. Yeah, I, I would believe that. Hmm. Draw on Illustrator. Here, here's one. I drew on an Illustrator a project. Took it took a long time. It was a Kid Cudi spaceman. That's like the cover of one of his albums. One of Kid Cudi's, um, the rapper. It's a picture of a spaceman. Keep throwing away work because it's not perfect. Okay, and that's all I wrote for that one. Okay. Um, called I called Steven's roommate, Jason. He was canoeing, and he gave advice. <laughs> that's all I wrote. Wow, that's so funny. I remember I talked to Jason. I've only met him, like, a couple times when I visit my buddy. My buddy's Steven, Robbie... Brian, both Brian's 
down in uh, Portland. That's so funny, though. He was canoeing, and he gave me advice. That definitely does seem like something you would be doing while you're giving advice. Like canoeing. That sounds like something, like a wise activity. Just going slowly down a river. Just floating down a majestic river. Just giving people advice on the phone. You wouldn't even have service. How would his phone have reception? What does he have, like... T-Mobile, Sprint, what you got? What you got? <laughs> I want to switch to it. Um, some of them I just wrote like a person was there. Like I wrote Regan Boley was there. Regan Boley. I think he was, oh, he was like the mayor of, of Covington or something. Uh, the Parks and Recreation Department. It was connected to, to Covington City Hall down there, and um, down there in South Peach Sound, yeah, I'm pretty sure Regan Bully was the mayor of Covington, and I think he was, he was also definitely one of the uh, basketball coaches, so I talked to him, I talked to him a bunch, because <clears throat> I worked as, <clears throat> excuse me, because I worked as the uh, scorekeeper there. For the basketball games. Alright, let's get off. That was, that was interesting. Let's see if we can find anything else in here. To, I want to see what this one is. I left all these... Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. I need some water right now. Let me clear my throat. Mm-mm. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> that was good. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm, oh, here's some things I want to do by the time I'm 30. Um, own my own business. Um, make a million dollars. Write ten, write and publish 10 books. Uh, buy a house. Be on TV. Uh, own a fleet of Audis. This is when I used to love Audis because of that um, Smoke Perp. Um, he's a rapper. Lil Pump's friend. He has a song called Audi, so I used to love Audis. This was just like a year ago. I still like Audis, though. It's a nice car. Um, have a popular website with over a million views slash blog. Um, move to California and live in Los Angeles. Travel to three new countries. I like that one. And then do stand-up comedy uh, on the regular in Los Angeles. Okay, cool. That's just some stuff from my my journal, my diary, my personal journal that I kept over the past year. That was interesting. Um, let's uh, let's hop on over back to J Law. Here we go. We left at the Beaver. Here we are at X Men First Class. She plays Raven slash Mystique, twenty eleven. I have not seen, I probably saw like the very first X-Men, but this isn't even, I don't know how many there's been, there's probably been a bunch. Isn't she the blue person? I think so. She's the blue men group. She's a member of the blue woman group. X-Men. X-Men in the first class. Now I gotta check it. Now I gotta see. 
Um, yeah, she's blue. Yeah, I'm like, I want to check. They copied Avatar. In the 1960s, superpowered humans, Charles Xavier and Eric Lenzer worked together to find others like them, but Eric's vengeful pursuit of an ambitious mutant who ruined his life causes a schism to divide them. Uh, James, <coughs> excuse me, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Kevin Bacon, six, zero degrees from Kevin Bacon, or one degree, no, zero degrees, oh, we just mentioned this one, um, well, let's do this one first, 2012, The Hunger Games, Katniss Everdeen, Katniss Everdeen, or what she's best known for. It's her moneymaker. The tent pole for her career. Uh, these are great movies, though. And the books. If you guys haven't read the Hunger Games books, definitely read those. Good books. I read them on... I remember reading it on a uh, road trip to Montana. The same time that I got my wisdom teeth out and threw that blizzard in Idaho. <laughs> through the, we were at Dairy Queen in the parking lot, and I threw the blizzard at our car, for some because I was so whack, wacky, because I had just got my wisdom teeth out like that day, that morning. All right, uh, twenty twelve Silver Linings Playbook. Let's click on. She stars in it with Bradley Cooper. Uh, calm drum rom, rom com drum, comedy drama romance. 122 minutes, rated R. After a stint in a mental institution, former teacher Pat Solitano moves back in with his parents and tries to reconcile with his ex-wife. Things get more challenging when Pat meets Tiffany, a mysterious girl with problems of her own. Hmm. Yeah, I've I've seen like I've caught like a few minutes of this on <clears throat> on like FX, but FX Fearless. Uh, House at the End of the Street. She plays Alyssa, 2012. I think that's, that's a horror movie. 2013, The Devil You Know. That's a horror movie. Young Zoe. 2013, The Hunger Games Catching Fire. Katniss Everdeen. Wow, she was on fire in like 2012, 2013. So when she, she was doing a lot of stuff, a lot of movies. 2013, another big one, another David O. Russell, uh, American Hustle, oh, that rhymed, there we go, uh, Rosalind Rosenfeld, what was this one about, I saw like a few minutes of this like a couple months ago on TV, maybe an FXX, it's a long movie, 138 minutes, crime, drama, a con man, Irving Rosenfeld, along with his seductive partner, Sidney Prosser, is forced to work for a wild FBI agent, Richie DeMeso, who pushes them into a world of Jersey power brokers and the mafia. Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Jay Law, Louis C.K., Michael Pena. Ton of people. Ton of people. Um, that's the one where they all dress like super fancy 
They look like they're going to like a ball or something. Big gowns and all the guys are wearing like velvet suits and like transition. They're wearing like those Bono sunglasses. Uh, let's see. X-Men. Days of Future Past. Another. Dang. So she, I forgot that she was in the X-Men franchise and the Hunger Games. Wow. That's why her movies made $5.5 billion. Um, she played Raven slash Mystique. 2014, Serena. Another movie with Bradley Cooper. She plays Serena Pemberton. I wonder if any relation to Johnny Pemberton. Uh, 109 minutes. Rated R. Drama, history, romance. In the Depression era, North Carolina. The future of George Pemberton's Timber Empire. Wow. That sounds like a good like a good name for a movie right there. Timber Empire. Uh, becomes complicated when he marries Serena. Very good. Timber Empire. That'd be good, like, folk, a folk band. Timber Empire. <laughs> I like it. Can't stop saying it. Uh, another Hunger Games. Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, 2014. Katniss Everdeen. Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, 2015. Katniss Everdeen. Back to back. 2015, Joy. She plays Joy. This was, uh, I caught a few minutes of this one on TV during, like, over Christmas as well. This past Christmas. And this is a Christmas movie, so it's apt. It's a good fit. Um, 124 minutes. Her movies are long. Long movies. PG-13, drama. Joy is a story of the title character who rose to become founder and matriarch of a powerful family business dynasty. And it's like a mop. I think it's a mop business. No spoilers, but... Um, let's see. Now we gotta look at what Joy what Joy's about. Bradley Cooper's in it too. Robert De Niro's in it. Joy movie. I believe it is a mop. That the business is, I just want to, I just want to see a self-made millionaire. Mm, plots. What's your business? QVC. Yeah, it's to sell her mops on TV. Yep. She works with the QVC. I watched the QVC at my grandma and grandpa's house. That's the only time I ever watch it. I don't, I don't even know if we get that at home. I mean, I'm sure we do, but... Alright. QVC. Can't believe people actually buy stuff from it. I think it's mostly old people, though. I can imagine, like... I don't know. Maybe there are people my age who sit around and watch QVC and buy stuff from it. Who knows? Everyone has stuff that makes them happy, you know? I'm not, I'm not going to judge, no judgment, if you if you want to do that in your free time, go for it, you're not, this doesn't hurt anyone, you're not hurting anyone buying, you're only hurting the QVC's competitors, which I guess is just like Amazon and Walmart, alright, 
but like you only I think you only buy something from QVC because there's like a certain charm to being able to say that you can tell people you won't brag about it you want to say that this thing was on TV I saw us on TV and I got it I got right in the phone I went right to my straight to my landline straight to my home phone still got one of the ones with the cord <laughs> of course um yeah you don't just buy you don't buy stuff on QVC cuz it's cheap or you're trying to get a good deal or something you do it for the for the bragging rights and the charm <laughs> okay glad we cleared that up not that I've hmm if I would ever buy something on QVC what would I buy maybe like a maybe like an iPhone case that'd be kind of cool like a TV show, like a movie-themed iPhone case. That'd be nice. I would do that. I would maybe... Now I'm considering making those. If anyone knows how to make... Ooh. You know what we need? A Star is Born iPhone case. We need one with the, the picture of the starfish on it. Ooh. If anyone out there listening knows how to make a iPhone case... Hit me up. Let's uh, let's team up and do it. Let's make a, a Stars Born Starfish iPhone case. I like that. That'd be awesome. Let's do it. All right. Uh, another X Men movie. X Men Apocalypse. Raven slash Mystique. Oh, here's a big one. We talked about this yesterday in the Chris episode. Aurora Lane. A great name. That sounds like a. The street that Ferris Bueller would live on. Aurora Lane. Passengers. Alongside Chris Pratt. 116 minutes. Uh, drama, romance, sci-fi. Yeah, we already read about it. We already went over this yesterday. Uh, Mother. From 2017, she plays Mother. Well, I didn't really know what this one was about. Directed by, oh, Darren Aronofsky. Okay. I think he does some weird movies. He did, um, Pie and Requiem for a Dream. The Wrestler. Um, okay, I haven't seen any of those, but I hear they're good, though. And so what's Mother about, though? A couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their twain tranquil existence it's a drama horror mystery Ooh, those are three interesting genres uh 121 minutes rated r okay 2018 red sparrow dominica igarova i heard a lot this one got a lot of a lot of buzz when it came out a lot of press yeah, like I said, yes, I stand by this statement. Her movies are long. 140 minutes. Action, drama, thriller. Rated R. Ballerina Dominica Igorovo is recruited to Sparrow School, a Russian intelligence service where she is forced to use her body as a weapon. Her first mission, targeting a CIA agent, threatens to unravel the security of both nations. Ooh. 
Joel Edgerton is also in it. Yeah, I don't think that one got that great reviews, though. You can't go... Not that you can't... You gotta see it for yourself. Still gotta judge it for yourself, I guess. But, alright, here we go. Um, I don't know if it's on Netflix, though. I don't know if you can add it to your Netflix queue. Uh, 28... Wow, we're almost to the end of... She does have that many credits, if you didn't know. 2018... Dior Joy video short plays woman. Oh, is this the same one that Charlize Theron was in? I think it's the same company. Uh, bad, a movie called Bad Blood. She plays Elizabeth Holmes. No year on it. Let's see what it's about. Entrepreneur Elizabeth Holmes creates a biotech company that skyrockets her to fame with an estimated value in the billions. When federal agencies begin investigating her, the company, her integrity is called into doubt. And she's the only person listed. Ooh, directed by Adam McKay, though. I like, I like it. The uh, Anchorman director. The old Anchorman. San Diego. Uh, 2019. Wow, we already made it. This is going to be the quickest episode. This is the fastest episode yet of A Star is Born. Um, guess something about doing it in the morning just made me speed it up. And she doesn't have that many credits either. Only only 31. This is number 31 of 31 right here. It's called Dark Phoenix 2019. She plays Raven slash Mystique. So it must be a, uh, let's see, action, adventure, sci-fi. Jean Grey begins to develop incredible powers that corrupt and turn her into a dark phoenix. Now the X-Men will have to decide if the life of a team member is worth more than all the people living in the world. Oh, in a world, in a world where X-Men have to decide if one life is worth all the lives in the whole world. In the world. <laughs> Alright, there you go. Wow, I like it. Um, James James uh McAvoy is in it. I wonder which which one of his personalities is in it. Which James McAvoy? Uh Jessica Chastain, Nicholas Holt, Nicholas Holt, uh Michael Fassbender. That's all the all the X-Men people. You know all the X-Men's. All the X-Men peeps. All right. Wow. We motored through that, though. We blew through that one. Chugged along. Let's do the top three. Uh, top three. It's got to be... I don't want to go all Hunger Games. Let's go the first Hunger Games. And... Let's see. She doesn't have that many options, though. That's for sure. And I haven't seen all the X-Men. Haven't seen Silver Linings. Haven't seen American Hustle. Haven't seen Joy. Haven't seen Passengers. And I haven't seen any of these. I guess I have to. I have to rank. I guess I'm just ranking the Hunger Games here. So let's go. Um, the first Hunger Games. And then Catching Fire. And then uh, Part 2 of Mockingjay. Because I think I remember 
part one being kind of slow, kind of like a setup for part two. If I, I do, I do believe, I do declare. Um, and then bottom three, these are gonna be movies I have not seen. So let's go. We will go. Uh, mother. Let's throw mother in there. That one seemed kind of weird. Oh, the devil you know, and then. Let's go uh, light crazy. Okay, there we go. Bottom three. Oh, yeah. And I also want to mention that I did catch a few minutes of the beaver on... Um, it was on, like, one of those weird channels, like... Like, audio channel or something. But I caught a few minutes of the beaver. So, like, I know what... I know, like, the mood of that movie. The temperature of it. Um... It's kind of, it's kind of like low-key, lo-fi, mumblecore. I guess you would call it a mumblecore movie. But, yeah, I just wanted to let y'all know about that. Come clean with that one. <laughs> um, it was, it seemed kind of good, though. It seemed pretty interesting. I do, I do like, like, uh, the high-concept kind of movies that are, like, based on a crazy idea, like a crazy plot. And that's pretty much the definition of a crazy plot. The beaver. Just only talking to people through your beaver hand puppet. I like it. Uh, Alright. Let's see. Before I leave y'all, I'll read. I'll read you a little bit of... We haven't done this for a few episodes. Just a little bit of uh, Spark Joy from Marie Kondo. <clears throat> the author of... Number one, New York Times best-selling, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. So here's a tiny bit of spark joy right here. Here we go. How to film your home with joy. Imagine your perfect lifestyle from a single photograph. Finish discarding first. I'm sure you know by now that this is the cardinal rule of the Marie method. If you start thinking about where to store this and this and that, before you have completely finished throwing stuff away, you won't get very far. That's why it's imperative to concentrate solely on discarding first. Those of you who have already begun your tidying marathon know that while you may start off rather hesitantly, once you get going, discarding is fun. This, however, is a warning bell. Just because it feels good is no reason to become a discarding machine. The act of discarding things it on its own will never bring you joy in your life. Discarding is not the point. What matters is keeping those things that bring you joy. If you discard everything until you have nothing left but an empty house, I don't think you'll be happy living there. Our goal in tidying should be to create a living environment filled with the things we love. That is also why it's so important to begin the whole process by identifying what you consider to be the ideal lifestyle. Concerning this, I have a request. Please don't curb your dreams. Um, please don't curb your enthusiasm. Uh, don't curb your dreams. Your ideal image is not an objective set in stone, uh, nor is it an obligation, so don't hold back. Feel, <clears throat> feel free to indulge your wildest fancy. Do you want to live like a princess in a room with snow-white furniture and bed covers? Do you want a rich and gorgeous space with beautiful paintings on the wall? Or perhaps 
You want a room so filled with plants that you feel like you're living in a forest. Having said that, speaking of forests, I should mention my three favorite um, places that I'd like to live someday. A cottage in a forest, a cabin on a lake, and a high-rise in a city. Hmm, that just reminded me of that, so I wanted to throw that out there. Throw that on the table, see what y'all thought. Um, having said that, some of some of you may find it hard to identify the lifestyle you want. In that case, I suggest searching for a single image that represents your ideal. Of course, you could just picture it in your mind, but if you have even one photograph that makes you feel, yes, this is the kind of space I want to live in, it will completely change how you feel about tidying up. When looking for such an image, however, it's important to do so thoroughly and quickly, all in one go. If you are thinking, I'm bound to come across a photo at some point, so I'll just wait until I do, it will never happen. The trick is to spread out multiple interior decorating magazines in front of you and look at all of them at the same time. While it might be fun to look at different magazines each day, if you proceed like that, you run the risk of being unable to make up your mind. Your opinion may change daily, making it even harder to identify the lifestyle you personally want. The interiors shown in magazines are all going to look fabulous. You'll be drawn to Japanese-style interiors one day and resort-style interiors the next. It's easier to identify what aspects of each you are drawn to if you look at a variety of interiors all at once. For example, you may notice that you tend to respond to white rooms or that you are drawn to rooms with plants rather than any particular style. Borrow a stack of interior decorating magazines from the library or buy them from the bookstore and flip through them quickly. When you find an image that speaks to you, keep it in your datebook or out on your desk so that you, you can refer to it at all times. There we go. That's just a little bit from uh, Marie Kondo. Check her out on Netflix. Add to your queue. I love, uh, love her Netflix show. And um, her first book uh, is super good too. The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up one. That's a really, it's a classic right there. An instant classic. And, uh, let's see. Do I want to wrap it? Do we want to wrap it? Let's just wrap it already. Let's just call this one a... This is almost like a mini episode, but that's okay. That's okay, man. It's alright. Uh, I'm an author from Pullman. As y'all know, I told you at the beginning of the episode. Oh, man. Beautiful day outside here in Pullman. Uh, sun. Sun out there. Blue skies, not a cloud in the sky. Lots of the snow's melting. Snow is going away. I saw the uh, forecast. It's supposed to be warmer. It's supposed to actually get above 40 degrees pretty soon, which is awesome. All the snow is going to go away. It's going to no longer be like a Game of Thrones up in here. I, I like how I use Game of Thrones as a reference. I don't even watch it. That's how popular it is. You don't even have to watch it, but you can still reference it. Was it, uh, winter is coming, right? Um, the north, the north, um, uh, something about the north. Uh, let's see. My books, find them on Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble, Sponge Cake, a mostly made-up story about a completely insane town, and what's in the fridge. Go to my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com, my website, christtheauthor.com, Follow me on Twitter at ChrisTheAuthor8 and Instagram, ChrisArneson8. 
And thank you so much for share, share, sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, uh, coworker, and anyone, everyone. I'm, I'm having so much fun doing it. I'm so happy that y'all are joining me and listening and telling people about it, sharing it with people, um, building the community. Um, I'm having a lot of fun and I hope you're having as much fun as me. Um, without further ado, thank you, Jennifer Lawrence, for um, doing all those great movies. Thank you to the state of Kentucky. We didn't really get too deep into Kentucky, but um, suffice to say, it's a, I don't know, I like horses, so I should like Kentucky for sure. It's a big horse state. That's kind of what they're most known for. Horse and, um, horses and, was it whiskey or bourbon? One of those. But, was it the Bluegrass State? Thank you to the Bluegrass State. Thank you, J-Law. Alright, here we go. And thank you, all of you. Closing time. Time for me to go home. To the places where you belong. I know who I want to take me home I know who I want to take me home I know who I want to take me home Take me home Closing time Time for you to go home to the places where you belong. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me for yet another awesome episode of A Star is Born. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, episode 21. This has been, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait to keep doing it. Um... Hope y'all are having a great day, having a great night, whatever you're doing. Uh, keep doing it. Stay strong. Um, keep your chin up. Uh, stay grateful. Think of everything that you're grateful for. Write it down. Make a list. Um, you know how I love lists, but I think it, especially with things like being grateful, it's, it's good to good to write those things down. Like it helps you keep track of them. Then you can keep thinking of more. Uh, keep adding to the list. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think it, it helps you put things in perspective and remind yourself how lucky you really are uh, to be wherever you're at and to um, have the people surrounding you who love you and all that stuff. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Have a great night. And I love you.